This is AWLS, Podcasts on Wilderness Medicine, from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Hi, this is Richard Ingebretson from the University of Utah School of Medicine. We're talking today about uh, safety uh, in the wilderness, preparation, and even survival as you look and search for people who may be lost or injured uh, in the backcountry. A lot of accidents in search and rescue operations are truly the result of a failure to adequately identify and manage risk. Risk management is a process that should, of course, always be ongoing. But in reality, risk management is something that people uh, t- uh, cast to the side when uh, they're rescuing, especially if it's someone who is uh, someone who's loved or uh, you care for. Anytime a search is conducted, uh, you go into places facing numerous issues that could potentially cause significant harm. Safety truly is what we say is a state of mind, and we should not uh, trust uh, anything to just luck. If uh, you go into the data and you look at mishaps and most injuries, they're really caused by factors that could have been uh, controlled. When you go out searching, you should not pretend that you are immune and think that it just can't happen to me just because it happened to uh, to them. Uh, You should always expect the unexpected on a search, or even in just going to the back country. The more mishaps that can be uh, foreseen, the easier it is to guard against them. And the one thing that you can always say is just to use common sense. And it's up to a searcher to take the risk. We don't want to make a, a searcher a second uh, uh, victim. So uh, the role of people who are searching is really often misunderstood. The highest priority is not the health and the well-being of the subject. Truly, the highest priority is the health and the well-being of the self. That is the searcher, the team, and then the subject. When these priorities are scrambled, the possibility of a rescuer becoming a victim increases, and then that makes them a liability. If a searcher becomes injured, then it takes time, you know, resources that are you know, really vital away from the original objective uh, of the search. So uh, safety and, uh, pr- uh, and prevention is so important. There are common human errors which really contribute to a searcher uh, getting into trouble. Far and away, number one is fatigue. This is considered uh, to be probably the greatest factor in all human error. Lack of communication is a problem. Uh, Complacency uh, from a searcher and someone who has overconfidence because they're a climber, they've done a lot of climbing. Lack of knowledge is a real big problem too. And then distraction uh, is really anything that takes your mind off the job And if it's at a a critical time, it can be a real problem. If you go out searching and looking, and if you have lack of resources and lack of manpower to uh, safely perform a task, this is a problem. Assertiveness is a problem, you know, failing to speak up when things do not seem to be right. Communicating with the IC on problems is one of these issues. And quite frankly, people who are searching are often overcome by stress. These are the things that need to be avoided in any search situation. Uh, your own uh, self becomes important, and that is problems that will limit your ability to conduct a search. Uh, probably the single biggest problem is uh, for a searcher is uh, dehydration. You lose uh, water 
from breathing, sweating, and of course, uh, urination. And uh, but uh, you also use water in the, the normal functions of producing energy. 150 pounds, 68 kilogram person will lose eight cups. That's about two liters of fluid in a normal day. But however, that same 150 pound, 68 kilogram person may lose up to uh, a full gallon or four liters of water hiking in the desert in one day. And if you're on a search, you have to remember that dehydration occurs when water is not replaced as fast as it leaves the body. In a search, it is really important to remain hydrated before and during the entire operation. Be sure to replace lost electrolytes, and using sport drinks is probably going to be a better option. Um, uh, thirst is obviously the first signal that the body is dehydrated, and when a searcher begins to feel thirsty, they should drink water or sports drink uh, regularly. It will not help the search if you become dehydrated. Another problem is footwear, and uh, when you go out on a search, uh, it's important that you have uh, socks and boots. Starting with the so socks, uh, there's three the three W's, and that is the wicking, the warmth, and the wet. The first layer should be a thin, high-moisture wicking fabric. Each foot can produce nearly a cup of sweat in one day of heavy activity. So it's important to wick that moisture away to avoid blisters and uh, body heat loss. The sock liner should also uh, prevent uh, friction, and that prevents uh, the rubbing between the socks instead of going on the skin to help prevent hot spots and blisters. Even in the summer, uh, uh, the sock liner keeps feet cool and comfortable. And a lot of searches are done in the, in the spring and in the summer and into the fall. The warm layer of the sock should be heavier and something like wool or synthetic. Make sure that the sock uh, fits the foot. Uh, one size fits all or socks that are too large cause wrinkles and bunching, which lead to blisters. This uh, warm layer uh, also creates a, a padding layer to keep the foot comfortable after miles of a hike and in hiking. Even in the summer, a, uh, a summer weight wool or synthetic sock is good. Avoid cotton on the feet at all times during the year. Uh, the wet layer uh, is the boots themselves. And uh, comfort and proper fit are very important when choosing a boot. Make sure the boot has good traction with a rugged sole. And you should be able to put your finger, uh, index finger, between your heel and your foot. Uh, uh, foot if you can. If you have a high uh, boot, you can't do that. But make sure that it isn't so tight that uh, you cr create blisters. It should be snug. There are a lot of opinions about shoes and how they fit. and uh, But the main, the, the main thing is to um, have them uh, comfortable enough that will get you into the activity you're doing. And if you're doing search and rescue, you're going to be doing a lot of climbing and going through brush and things. So make sure you've got uh, good shoes. Uh, that becomes uh, extremely uh, important. Uh, uh, when you go out on search and rescue, like anything, you have to determine kind of what the, the temperature is going to be. Uh, cold weather clothing uh, typically becomes more important. Uh, remember that the body is always giving off heat, and depending upon um, uh, the clothing, you can determine how much heat is given off. If you want to stay warm, you put on more clothing, and if you want to uh, um, uh, be cooler, you take off clothing. So layering becomes really uh, Im important. Um, it, this this can't uh, be stressed enough in rescue because you're going to be doing more strenuous things. Uh, you may have to be getting into conditions where 
you're going to be generating more heat and layering becomes important. If you're carrying someone out, walking someone out, or climbing to rescue someone, uh, you're going to generate quite a bit of heat, and so the, you'll need to layer uh, clothing off. Uh, remember that water next to the skin is bad, so any clothing you wear should always be a wicking layer that will move water away from the skin. Uh, the next layer is going to be the warm layer, which is insulation. That can be a synthetic or a wool. Uh, remember that, that it's air that is keeping you warm. Uh, air is the worst conductor of heat, so clothing uh, typically will have um, air in the clothing to keep heat. Um, and remember that thickness uh, equals warmth, generally. But there are some fibers, the new super thin fibers, which trap heat, uh, which do uh, really uh, well. Wool retains uh, a lot of insulating factor, even when it's soaking wet. So for search and rescue, we always recommend wool. And that can, it can also absorb um, a lot of weight in water and still feel dry. The outer layer uh, should uh, do two things. It allows moisture to be wicked away from the skin and uh, uh, from the previous layers to escape in the environment. And the second purpose of the outer layer is to protect from the elements, such as uh, wind and rain. Gore-Tex is a good uh, type of garment that allows moisture uh, out uh, but keeps rain and uh, air from coming in. Plastic should be avoided because it doesn't allow breathing. Um, warm weather clothing is... Um, sometimes more uh, delicate because uh, the body's producing a lot of heat and as the search uh, would be in a temperature close to the body temperature, it's hard uh, to give off heat. Um, wear light clothing and light colored clothing in those conditions. Um, a wide brim hat is often helpful to keep the sun off the face and sun off the body. Radiation uh, of heat from the head is one of the main ways of losing body, that's because the body's just covered with clothes. If you took off clothes, then the heat would come out from the rest of the body. Uh, be careful of injuries, and I, we want to outline uh, just a couple of uh, common injuries that can happen. Uh, most and foremost is back injuries. Um, serious injury can uh, back injury can disable uh, disable a, a volunteer or a searcher. They are very common, and in the back country, usually if people are fatigued uh, from carrying packs. And uh, searchers typically worry, uh, carry quite a bit of weight on their back. So make sure that if you are going to get into a search and rescue team, or if you're just doing rescue, that the, the backpack fits well. Um, shoulder injuries are also common. They, uh, a lot of these happen in swift water rescue operations. Uh, the water that moving is extremely heavy and can easily overpower a very strong person. Attempting to struggle uh, with this force causes injuries that um, could result in uh, serious loss of time, medical costs, and permanent damage. So be careful of that. Knee injuries are, are common. They are prevalent in teams that are involved with assist, uh, swift water rescue, but uh, they can also happen in falls and people lose footing. And make sure, that again, that the footwear is appropriate so you have good, secure uh, footing when you're uh, rescuing. Um, uh, ankle injuries are extremely vulnerable uh, in search and rescue. This is due to rough terrain, hazards, uh, and um, uh, p places where people get when doing searches and rescues that they normally wouldn't go. So again, proper footwear and with support, it would be uh, ideal. When you're going to the backcountry, be aware of poison ivy, sumac, and oak if you're allergic to it. Make sure that that is something so, uh, that you're aware of in the area where you're going so that you will cover up. 
and be prepared to get poison ivy or consumic, especially if you're allergic to the erushiol that is in the sap. Uh, if you do uh, get into poison ivy or consumic, water is really good. In fact, cold water is really good, but remember, it's really sticky stuff and will stick to hands and, uh, it'll, and it can spread around. So if it's on your pants, it can get onto uh, clothes when you get home. So make sure you wash, wash it off and, uh, and be protective of what you're washing it off with if it's your hands. Uh, you can use alcohol. That's also really good. Uh, but you don't usually have enough alcohol uh, in search and rescue to wash it off. So just water uh, is good. And if you have soap, that is good also. Um, be careful of snakes on search and rescue. They are everywhere. It's the viper snake in the United States and Canada and Mexico that is the most dangerous. Some parts of the world with search and rescue don't have snakes or have minimal snakes. But where uh, in, in countries like the U.S., Canada, and Mexico, vipers are all over the place, and they'll bite, and they uh, can be very damaging. They're not typically deadly, but they will do a lot of damage. Um, we always hope that when rescuers go out that they don't have to get into a situation where survival is a problem. Uh, the basic physiologic requirements for a human to survive, just as a rule of thumb, are air, water, food, and shelter. It's commonly said that the average person can survive three minutes without air, uh, three days without water, uh, and uh, three weeks without food. That's really an extreme, though. Um, the human body can do extraordinary things when it's trying to survive. Keep in mind that 333 rule, but that is the limit. And always consider the possibility of having to survive if you're out in a, a backcountry situation, but particularly if you're doing search and rescue. And that a lot of that's going to depend upon the time of the year and the location, uh, whether you're in the desert or the summer, alpine forest, winter. Shelter is the first thing that you need uh, to go to. Natural shelters are uh, uh, conveniently provided in natural places, such as a cave, uh, rock outcroppings, overhangs, depressions in rocks, trees or thickets. Be careful when using a cave because there's a lot of snakes in there. And you can also get de uh, disoriented in there and the air can be bad air. Um, uh, you should carry a bivouac uh, sh uh, shelter with you if you think that you might get stuck or separated in the backcountry. They're very light and uh, uh, bivouacs can uh, protect the body from uh, 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 conduction and uh, convection heat losses. If you don't have a bivy sack, you can uh, use pine needles, leaves, grass, uh, and uh, or sand or even dirt to cover the body. Uh, if you have uh, uh, your backpack, might have other closure things in it that can help. You should. It's always wise to carry like a reflect, reflective space blanket and other materials that can keep uh, heat in and uh, out uh, and uh, the other elements out. Um, you can create lean-tos uh, by using the side of a of a, of a tree uh, and uh, trees uh, as a wall. And uh, you can make them that way. That will help. And you should always be able to produce a fire in the in a search and rescue team. So matches and um, uh, are important. Remember, fire is just not used for heat for the body, but it can boil food, water. It's a signal device. So um, make sure you can make a fire uh, if you're uh, in the backcountry. And uh, make sure that you have a lot of food. Uh, if you are on a search and rescue team, you need a lot of sugar. You know, the average... A uh, person who's of, of normal size will have a basal metabolic rate of about 1,800 or 2,000 kcals per day, and a, you know, a generally a 700 kilogram uh, person. That's, but um, uh, when you get exercising, your uh, metabolic needs go up to maybe 3,000, 
or even 4,000 kilo, kilocalories per day if you're in a search and rescue situation because of the energy. And you're rushing and you're running and you're lifting. So make sure that you have extra food with you. And that and the food should be uh, should have some protein, but primarily you want calories. And um, always be aware of weight to calorie ratio. In other words, dry foods like uh, dehydrated fruits and vegetables, granola bars have a lot of energy in them and they're not as heavy. So uh, you want to take things that have energy that don't weigh a lot and make sure you pick those out. And also make sure that you uh, don't run out of water in the backcountry. Know where water is going to be. You might be out on a search for a long time, and so water is going to become even more uh, important. It's amazing where water can be find uh, be found in the backcountry. Uh, large plants require large amounts of water if they're surviving, so you can look for those. If water is not on the surface of the, these areas, then you can dig down uh, and find water there. Water may be just under the surface. Dry washes uh, may have water still flowing beneath the surface, even though they're not on the top, where you can dig down and get to it. Find a place where the wash is forced to turn because of an, uh, like an area of a granite rock. Finding, going to that area, you might find more water just under the ground. Um, vegetation growing at the base of the rock is also a good sign. You can dig a hole there and see if water's down there. Um, you have to uh, do some tricks to bring the water out. But that is not necessarily difficult. Um, uh, large granite cliffs often have water in them too. And remember, as water flows down to the granite, it may exit at the base of a rock or just under the surface. But be prepared uh, for survival if you get into the back country. And review these techniques if you get onto a search and rescue team. And also, if you're going to go uh, search for somebody, the family or friend, before search and rescue shows up, that you follow the, that principle of survival and wilderness safety. Well, this ends the podcast on wilderness uh, uh, preparation and safety uh, on search and rescue teams. And again, thank you for listening.